How does Chabad explain the Holocaust? I'm not going to answer. I'm just going to tell you a couple of things that I heard. And obviously, I'm going to tell you things that come directly or indirectly from the Rebbe. Because uh, that's, all the, that's what Chabad is. There's no, there's no Chabad other than Rebbe. Anything Chabad other than Rebbe is not Chabad. Number one, all of us know that the Varta, the Friedrich Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, said right after the Holocaust, he was visited one of, one of the, one of the Gedele Yisrael. I heard that it was the Satmerov, Rabbi Yoelish Satmerov, but I don't know. It may have been the Kleisenberger. And he told the Rebbe that you didn't need Yeshuas and Echomis. There's a Loshan that he said, you didn't need a lot of help. And the Friedrich Rebbe said to him, Eine Oberarechte, one but a proper one. And he was trying to be Matzdik Asadin. This Kutarid was trying to give justice that the Holocaust happened because of this, that, and the other. You know that it's brought in Svarim. That one of the worst things a person could do is talk in Shul. Yes, it says in Svarim, Red Nishul, what's the big deal? To talk in Shul, you're looking at Yerzakedish, Chavdalad. You see what it means to talk in Davni. But uh, he tried to give some kind of a justification for it. And the Friedrich Rebbe told him, It's not our job to justify God, to make Hashem correct. In other words, you're allowed to have a tiny. And we know that over the years, the Rebbe made it very clear that we can't understand such a thing, we don't understand such a thing, we don't want to understand such a thing, we don't want to accept such a thing, and so on. And, um, and it's just beyond our comprehension. But of course, we know how the Rebbe used to talk to people. I once heard Rabbi Shleimah Kunyas or Gesundheit from California describe a Yechidus. What happened was there was a group of students who had come to the Rebbe to interview the Rebbe, to talk to the Rebbe. And of course, as was the custom in those days, you had to wait your turn so you could wait hours. So there were Bachrim who had to keep them entertained. They were not uh, from boys and girls. They were not accustomed to the etiquette of 2 o'clock in the morning waiting for an appointment. So there were Bachrim who had to keep them busy. And the schar was, the schus that they had was that when they went into the Rebbe, those Bachrim were allowed to go in. And there was a lengthy Yechidus. The Rebbe answered many questions. I think the Yechidus is published. And of course, one of the questions was 1961. One of the questions that came up was the Shoya, was the Holocaust. And the Rebbe said, I don't have any explanation for the Holocaust. But I'll tell you this, the Rebbe said, that anybody who doesn't fight against assimilation, who doesn't stand to preserve Yiddishkeit and to reverse this terrible trend of losing Jews by the millions, is guilty of Hitlerism. That was the expression. I heard this story from Rabbi Kunin almost 40 years ago. But I remember that is guilty of Hitlerism. And we know that the Rebbe and the Friedrich Rebbe used to talk about the American Holocaust. The American Holocaust, you can't blame on anybody. Because it's the Holocaust of apathy. It's the Holocaust of being asleep. It's the Holocaust of of assimilation that happens so gradually and so slowly and so imperceptibly you don't even feel the pain of being assimilated and we're losing millions of Jews millions of Jews and the Rabbeim used to call it the American Holocaust and you want to fight against that Holocaust you know the Jewish people are worth preserving the Jewish nation is the eternal nation they're going to be here with or without us because the Abishta wants us to be here but we have an obligation 
and um, there is a Holocaust that we're, it's happening every minute of every day. It's a Holocaust, like I said, that you can't blame on anybody, but it's a real Holocaust and it has to be opposed, has to be fought, has to be reversed by Jewish awareness and Jewish involvement and Jewish pride and Jewish practice and Jewish life and so on. And I'm going to say one more thing. And I'm not going to say the name of the rabbi that was involved with this because I would like to ask him again. I, I met him several times. I asked him to repeat to me the details. And I don't remember them precisely. So I'm going to say it. And I hope he'll be mechel me. Because in case I'm making a mistake, I don't want to blame him. Quoted here There was a Chabad rabbi who traveled. And he visited Australia. Now, the mainstream Jewish community in Australia are Holocaust survivors. You go to a place like South Africa, for example, the, the mainstream of that community came there before the war. It's a different world. It's a different culture. Australian Jews, by and large, are the descendants of survivors. And the Holocaust is very real for them, even now. And, um, you know, the, the, the cliché, the question is, where was God during the Holocaust? Parenthetically, there is a year that we all know, Rabbi Mangel, Mangel who uh, was asked that question. He has a number from Auschwitz on his arm. And uh, when people would ask him, where was God during the Holocaust? He would say, with me. And I heard it from him more than once. He said, if you knew what was going on in Auschwitz, you know that not one single Jew should have survived. Not one. He talked about the death march. He talked about the death march. Thousands of Jews died and thousands of Jews survived. He says, no idea how supernatural it was. They were wearing pajamas, pajamas, nothing. Sleeping on the snow in sub-zero weather with nothing to eat except the snow itself. And they walked for weeks. He says, any single Jew who survived the Holocaust survived because God held them by the hand. And no way is this chas v'sholem diminishing the tragedy of the Holocaust or justifying it or explaining it. But this is just a survivor who's a witness saying this is what happened. Every survivor survived because God saved him. Every single one. In any case, so this rabbi was asked, where was God during the Holocaust? And I don't know exactly what he said, but he said something to the effect that God was, was present during the Holocaust. In other words, between the two options of saying God was absent during the Holocaust and saying that God was there and he allowed it to happen, he gave this position that God was there and he permitted it to happen. And the community was so upset at him that he had to leave the country. So he came back to America and he wrote this to the Rebbe. And again, I hope I'm quoting him correctly, but the, the, the spirit of what he said was that he asked the Rebbe, why do people react so emotionally? This didn't happen in 1955, it happened in 1988, 40 years after the war. And the Rebbe answered something to the effect that the Jewish nation is so traumatized, is so shocked, is so exhausted from the Holocaust that any, any effort, any attempt in any way, shape or form explain anything about the Holocaust cannot be digested with any kind of reason. We're just not able as a people, to even contemplate 
making sense out of this tragedy. It's too intimate, it's too personal, it's too close. So I want to say something in light of that, which is a personal opinion, a personal feeling. So many people are busy with Holocaust remembrance. It's such a big part of our lives. And we talk about never again. It's not a joke. Never again is not a joke. I mean, we're seeing today that never again is not just a rhetoric. But the Rebbe didn't talk so much about Holocaust remembrance. The Rebbe called, talked about rebuilding and looking forward. And it's been said that the Rebbe didn't pay enough attention to the past. Uh, to use a religious form for this, that any time Jewish people had terrible tragedy, they would make kinnis, lamentations, right? We don't have a Yom HaShoyah, a day of mourning for every tragedy that happened to the Jewish people historically. We have one day that's dedicated to all our Shoyas, and that's Tisha B'Av. On Tisha B'Av, we mourn for every tragedy that ever happened, including the Holocaust. And we say lamentations, we say prayers that remind the liturgy, paragraphs, of various distinct events of tragedy that befell the Jewish nation. Some G'deli Yisrael wrote Kinnis, the Baba Verebbe, the Kleisenberg Verebbe, but it's not, we don't say them. And uh, the question is, why not? The Rebbe once spoke about, the Rebbe spoke about Purim, Tovshin Tezayin, gave a very interesting explanation. But I want to say a very, very simple thing. As long as one survivor is alive, as long as the Jewish nation experiences the direct trauma of the Holocaust, we can't afford to look back. We have to look forward. In other words, it's now over 70 years since the end of the war. And the Jewish nation has come incredibly far. Um, partly because of Eretz Yisrael and partly because God loves us and we've survived and rebuilt but as long as the Holocaust is an imminent, a personal pain, we don't, we, don't, we don't experience it, we move. Because the pain will paralyze us. The pain will absolutely suffocate us. I know, I know a psychotherapist, a psychiatrist, who told me that there's a new field in psychotherapy where survivors came out of the war, got married, built families, and became very successful people, and now old. And they no longer can suppress. And all the pain of the Holocaust is coming out. And it's a whole new specialty. It's a whole new subdivision within psychotherapy. Because they don't have the ability to survive. Which is to go on and not to look back. And I believe, I think, I believe, this is part of the reason the Rebbe took the position he took. The Rebbe became a Rebbe and pushed forward. Positive, forward. There's... There's forever to mourn the Holocaust. There's forever to lament the Holocaust, to protest the Holocaust. Now we have to, re we have to heal, we have to repair, we have to recover from the Holocaust. I'm not answering the question. I'm just sharing some thoughts. Most of them I heard from others, and some of them are my own. And I, I hope I didn't offend anybody, and I certainly hope I didn't say anything which isn't correct.